0: And I think that Jesus invites us into that kind of work. What do you see when you look at your fellow, your neighbor? What voices and and ideas leap out first? And how can I be more Christ-like in that seeing of my neighbor?
1: Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. I first met our guest today, Sarah Groves, about 10 years ago or so, through her songs initially. She recorded a beautiful Christmas album called Oh Holy Night, and for the intro to one of the songs on the album, the song is called It's True, she had her little son Toby read an excerpt from the Christmas story from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the story when Gabriel tells Mary she's going to have a baby son. If you get a chance, check it out. It brings tears to my eyes every time I hear it. But it's that way with all of Sarah's songs I find. They make you think, they move your heart and they touch your soul. I'm so grateful that I not only met Sarah through her songs but met her in actual real life and now count her as a dear friend. And something you may not know, as well as being an incredible musician, she also happens to be extremely funny Some friends and I think she could be a stand-up comedian. So anyway, there's another reason why I love her so and how we connect so well. I love Sarah's honesty, her humility and her gentleness. In her songs and in her thoughts, she reaches us through beauty to reconsider the ways we've always seen things and the ways we've always done things. And she reminds us that God sees things in a way we don't. I wrote about this for my book, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. It's a book of short readings to fill you with hope. And I thought I'd read one to you now. It's called God's Title. When someone important is being introduced, the announcer usually says, Mr. So-and-so, founder of the extra important company. Or... Miss something else, Nobel Prize winning inventor of this very brilliant thing. Do you know how God likes to be introduced? His name is the Lord, Father to the fatherless, Defender of widows. Psalm 68. Our Almighty God, who sifted stars through his fingers, stands not with kings and princes, but with the weak the powerless, the poor, because the people no one else thinks are important have a special place in God's heart. He hears their cries. He fights for them and defends them. And one night long ago in Bethlehem, he stepped out of heaven and became one of them. When God comes to live with us, he comes as a poor, homeless child born to refugee parents. This is radical humility. This is not what we think of as power, but it's what God says power is. What might that mean for how we treat one another? What might that mean for the way we look at our own stories? Sarah is a gentle, humble guide, and I know you'll be blessed as you listen to her today. So, Without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Sarah Groves. My name
0: is Sarah Groves, and I live in Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota. I am a mother of three, and I have been a songwriter, actually for as long as I can remember, but officially since uh, 97, when I left my job as a teacher to to do music full-time, and um, it's been Uh, an incredible journey. My husband and I also own a small uh, community art center here in St. Paul called Art House North. We host all kinds of events at that intersection of faith and art. When I think about what it means to believe the Bible, you know, or a a statement like that, like I believe the Bible. And I think that's, that's so tricky because so many incredible, wonderful people have come to this text and have you know, wrestled and wrestled and, and come to different conclusions about any number of things. And yet, um, it, and it's a living word. It's, it's uh, alive, I think, and active. And in, in it has this unbelievable, even literary history of just, it's just immense. Every single prophet in the Old Testament addresses the king of his day about how they are or are not protecting the poor against violence. Every single community I've ever lived in has has a story that that greatly shapes the black and white communities there. Um, it's not like a little thing. It like for is hugely formational. So the Rondo neighborhood here was an absolutely thriving black community in St. Paul. And the the city fathers, you know, decide to run 95 right through the highway 95, right through the Rondo neighborhood. They tear down a hundred homes and close 80 businesses. These are active businesses. What was happening here in Minneapolis, what's happened here is like, we have one of the highest like satisfactions and, you know, best places to live and all these ratings. Well, that's true if you're white. What I didn't know is that we had the greatest disparity in education and racial and land ownership, home ownership. I mean, Almost at every front, Minnesota falls, comes in last in the gap. The gap is the largest. I think that lots of people knew that and were saying that all along, but that wasn't really being heard. In this last season, I've been writing a lot of music, um, trying to process my feelings because it's very complex. And the the divisions we've felt, um, you know, globally and at communally, those, they crack right down to the kitchen table. And I think I'm not alone in that. I'm writing about forgiveness a lot. And how is it possible to forgive when we're remembering the story differently, when we have different versions of what happened? And you'll find even within a family, people remember things differently. We're not always the most reliable witness. And we think that we come to everything with a clear, clean slate with like... We're unaffected, you know, we're we're in the middle, but we don't. We have all these lenses we're seeing things through. We have cultural lenses and ways we were raised and things we thought and things we were taught and told. When we look at scripture, when we look at, at cultural events, when we look at politics, all these things are, we have lenses that we're looking through. The first song on the record is called The Soul of Things. I think it's hard for us to recognize those lenses that we're looking through and to always honor and see oh this thing has been moving me across the stage and around in the world and i didn't recognize that that was a this is a presupposition that i live with this is a narrative that that is shaping me and i think jesus invites us into seeing into the soul of things i think he every single person he calls out from the the woman at the well to the disciples he reorients them they're not just who they They're not just their jobs or, you know, zealot or these titles or labels that they've had. He reorients them to the soul of things, you know, to who they are and what's happening, what's really happening past maybe behaviors or labels and identities. see into the soul. I love the Jesus Storybook Bible. It was given to me by, uh, by my aunt and every story whispers his name. Uh, th- Sally brought that out in such an incredibly synergistic way of here's the thread, here's the thread all the way through. And um, my I had a family member that was in seminary at the time and I sent her the book and she called me crying and said, this is the best theology book I've ever read. I see a throne, and on the throne is a king, and the king is Jesus. There are loud cheers and clapping, clapping and bright laughter like a loud waterfall, and everyone bursts out singing a new song. This is our king, the lamb who died, so we don't have to, our rescuer, all honor and glory, forever and ever. And every creature everywhere, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, joins in. And then... From all around, a wide, immense, beautiful silence. What I find in, in the life of Jesus that is so absolutely compelling is that every single person it that's ever lived has said, if I were God, if I could put this straight, you know, if I could do this, And then the only one who could come and like land on the earth like Thor with his hammer and just like bring and actually do the thing uh, is does something so other, so completely mind blowing, such a reversal. And and he lays down his power. He makes a mockery of that kind of thing. And I think we tend to move through the world with a license. Maybe my license is to endorse or to uh, do these things that I think I see Jesus coming and saying, I'm going to take that license (laughs) and rip it up. And here's your license to radically love people um, and to lay down that power that you think you have to lord over people. And I'm going to to invite you into this self-giving other kind of way of being in the world and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's an incredible, beautiful thing that we talk about, but actually living into that, I think I will. It will take a lifetime for me to pursue that, and it's it will be worthwhile.
1: You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at SallyLloydJones dot com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd-Jones, and at Jesus underscore Storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love.